Welcome everyone to Small City Startup. I'm your host, Stan Nguyen, and I'll be highlighting startups outside of Silicon Valley. You know, everyone thinks that you have to move to the Bay Area to have a viable startup. But in today's day and age, you can live anywhere. And I'm looking to prove that. You looking to build a startup? Tune in. How do these companies do it outside of Silicon Valley? Let's find out. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Terrestrious. Welcome, Joey. I know you're trying to go by Joseph now, but we'll get into that later. Uh, thank you. Hi, Stan. Um, so, of course, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I am uh, running a uh, startup. And we're not yet incorporated yet, but we're getting into that kind of process. We're, uh, we're called Terrestrious. So Terrestrious is uh, kind of like Facebook meets Kickstarter. It's uh, uh, for environmentally focused uh, projects. For example, anything from renewable energy projects to, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe preserving pandas in China or uh, maybe even just uh, different uh, uh, forms of art uh, spreading awareness about uh, climate change. You know, so the idea is that anyone uh, from, you know, entrepreneurs, scientists, uh, engineers, artists, can do uh, or you know any any kind of professional can do anything to um, you know help help us out of the situation that uh, we've placed ourselves in. Okay, yeah, that's great. That's awesome that you're doing things for the community and for the environment. I think that's the wave of the future. And you have these B corporations. I'm sure you've heard of it and things like that. I think that if you're not sustainable, you're not going to be a good long running business. So how did you come up with this idea for Terrestrious in the first place? So I've been thinking, what is, how do we end climate change? That's the question that I was uh, trying to answer when I, I came up with uh, Terrestrious. So, uh, you know, I wanted to do something and, uh, and it was anything from, you know, do I work? Uh, so I'm a, first of all, background, I'm a computer engineering student at the University of Washington, Tacoma. And, uh, you know, I can do anything uh, from working at companies like Tesla, making electric cars, or uh, maybe, uh, you know, may maybe out in eastern Washington working at these windmill, new uh, windmill farms or, you know, uh, hydroelectric dams, uh, working with renewable energy. But it occurred to me that we're not even uh, with those uh, existing companies and uh, uh, in power sources, we're not moving anywhere close to uh, um a carbon neutral society. And uh, my, the question I was trying to answer, you know, how do we uh, make progress towards, uh, you know, carbon neutral society, not in 2050, like uh, uh, many politicians promise, but within 10 years, uh, you know, when we can, uh, where we can avoid many, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, these uh, uh, points of no return in uh, when it comes to climate change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if I'm hearing you correctly, let's say I have an idea for sustainable bamboo straws. I can go on to Terrestrious and post it up there and try to seek funding that way? Uh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, you do mention funding, and that's a, uh, 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 I guess, a great point. So Terrestrious, one of the uh, uh, things that we can do uh, or people can do is they can post their ideas and they can uh, uh, get funding from uh, basically their fans. So uh, I don't want uh, Terrestrious to necessarily be you know, a place where investors go looking for investments. Uh, it, I think it's a place where uh, people can uh, go and, 
be inspired by these new ideas and don't uh, you know donate to ideas they really think will help save our planet. Okay. And how big is your team right now? Right now we are we have uh, about five people. So one uh, business management, uh, uh, one a person with business management expertise, uh, two computer scientists, and one person who is specialized in cybersecurity. Nice. Okay. And is the website live right now? How far along are you? So the website isn't live, but we do have a demo. Uh, it's not it's not up right now, but uh, maybe in the next uh, couple of days, if uh, you go to www.terrestrius.org, you will be able to see our demo. It's and uh, if you uh, log in, it will uh, log you into a page of a uh, I guess a demo profile that we created. So it's not it's not yet yeah, a dynamic website of a uh, I guess a you know, we've created a story about this person that we made up. Her name is, uh, I guess, Sarah Williams. She's a, uh, you know, and she's kind of the perfect uh, person to encapsulate what, you know, Terrestrius is all about. A college student who's uh, uh, maybe an electrical engineer and then uh, who, and who's trying different things to, you know, within campus and community as well within her, as well as for her professional career to change, uh, you know, the world in for the better. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, and I've seen the website. I think it looks really cool. So I know the answer, but I'm going to ask this for the listeners. How, have you gotten any funding and how are you funding the project? Are you paying so, the employees or how is that going? Um, so right now we haven't uh, secured funding yet, but we are um, actually on our way to, uh, incor- uh, to incorporate, um, to, I guess, uh, give us the limited liability status that we would like before uh, getting a, uh, getting funding, and we are now actually researching different funding sources from grants to uh, Kickstarter and uh, GoFundMe. Okay, yeah, yeah. And would you consider incorporating in Delaware, or would you do that here? Have you thought about that? Oh, good question. So we did consider incorporating in Delaware, but uh, we decided to incorporate in Washington State. And the consideration for that is, uh, though uh, you know. Uh, many investors around the United States will shy away from non-Delaware corporations. Uh, Washington State corporations are actually um, can actually find investors all all across the West Coast, and that includes uh, Silicon Valley. So, as we are a, a web dev company or web and app dev company, uh, we are confident that we can find the investors that we need uh, here along the West Coast. That's awesome. So, when do you expect? your project to go live? Do you have a live go live date or anything like that? So we do not have a solid date as of yet, but uh, we hope to get the project finished before um, August 30th, or at least the first version of uh, both the uh, website and the, uh, and the uh, mobile application. Okay. Nice. I'm excited for that. What is your end vision? What do you foresee in the future? if this project were to be successful? So I guess, you know, of course it might not turn out the way that I hope, but uh, I hope that uh, this is the uh, website that will actually ignite basically a climate revolution. You know, I was, well, I think, uh, you know, currently there's not enough political will to do anything about climate change. And that is of course understandable because it doesn't really, you know, cause us to panic in ways that other threats to other threats do, because for example, climate change uh, 
happens over a long period of time or, you know, really slowly. And for many people that, you know, all the, I guess the visible effects happen in places that, uh, that are far away from where we live. For example, not everyone lives in the West Coast where I think currently there were, you know, a lot of wire, wildfires. And last year there were very, very devastating wildfires or not many people have seen the, uh, the tragedy in Australia where many, like millions of animals were literally uh, wiped out by uh, forest fires or not many people live, see the ice caps melting. Yeah, for sure. So. And uh, so, so I hope that this app basically um, will you know, create a, uh, I guess, a phenomenon that's basically akin to the, or similar to the uh, space race or, you know, multiple, uh, where uh, different countries or, you know, industries around the world realize, I guess, uh, the value of the technologies that come, uh, the technologies that even spill over from, uh, uh, from, you know, doing all this research and development to come up with uh, uh, solutions and technologies that deal with our cl changing climate, uh, you know, and, uh, and I hope this actually becomes, you know, a very competitive thing uh, that a competitive thing. So, you know, we can, so, you know, one day we can, you know, kind of breathe a sigh of relief about, uh, about, you know, climate change and, you know, look back and, and uh, as a species, you know, be proud of you know, everything we've accomplished in, the, in this time. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I like that bigger vision. What do they call it? A uh, big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, Joey, I have another question for you here. You're still in college. You're finishing up your last year, next year, right? What do you think it is about you that made you want to go out and start a company? I think most people, you know, they just go through college and try to get a job, right? But it's very ambitious. What is it about you that you think is different, that sets you apart and makes you think that you can do it? Uh, so what is different? I think, or... I always look at tasks or, or goals as a uh, set of requirements. I, and uh, I, so I think in the bigger picture, I want to be a entrepreneur, but I also want to be a researcher. And uh, I thought, uh, I felt that uh, being a researcher was uh, uh, the best, the best way to, I guess, be in control of my research or, you know, be allowed to do whatever, uh, go in the direction that my creativity thinks best was to, I think, was uh, have, uh, you know, the, fi uh, the financial support uh, to do, you know, all these things. And uh, I thought the best way to do that is to own my comp uh, you know, own my own company, you know, raise money and, uh, and, uh, and then pursue the idea, uh, pursue the different ideas uh, that uh, interest me, you know, in, in any moment, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I definitely agree with owning your research. I think that's great. Are your parents entrepreneurial? I guess yes and no would be, uh, be a good answer. Uh, so I did mention to uh, Houston a while back that my dad was uh, trying to start a uh, uh, marijuana business here in Washington State, where, of course, it's uh, it's been legalized. And uh, so uh, he he did his best to, uh, you know, uh, he bought a farm a license and all the equipment, uh, but you know it didn't uh, work out. Uh, I think the biggest reason is uh, that uh, it, I guess, or 
a big lesson for uh, many entrepreneurs is uh, you know look before you leap, uh, you know because uh, uh, my father is uh, an intelligent person. He used to work at Boeing as a uh, as a uh, a field service representative, which is basically a position where uh, you know people go uh, field service representatives go overseas. We lived in countries like Morocco, Kenya, and uh, Luxembourg, where he worked with different airlines. Uh, um, airlines and help them, you know, service their planes by, con- you know, by being the go between, between the airline and Boeing. And uh, he, he was great at that. He, um, but when it came to, uh, you know, running this farm, uh, he, he, his weaknesses were uh, knowing anything about, or I guess, agriculture, uh, marketing and supply chains. And, and I find that, or that kind of phenomena very relevant in my startup uh, where you know, I'm a computer engineer and uh, trying to start a corporation, which means that I, well, while I might know about the technology, I don't know much about the uh, finance, marketing, uh, accounting, um, or any of the business aspects of the uh, project. So I need to one read up on all of these things myself. So I understand, uh, you know, uh, what good starting points are for all these uh uh, all these aspects of the companies and also have to network uh, to find team members who are very adept at, uh, you know, managing these different areas in my stead. Look before you leap. And I think that's great advice for entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs. What other advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs? What other advice do I have? <laughs> well, I think the one uh, thing that uh, keeps coming up in, in uh, I guess, my life in many books is the devil's advocate can al- often be the worst enemy. So we entrepreneurs have to be very ambitious about, you know, the ideas we pursue because many, uh, many entrepreneur ventures do fail uh, somewhere down the line. And uh, so we have to be, you know, so we have to be careful that you know, we aren't making uh, fatal mistakes, and we also have to be careful that we're not too optimistic. But on the other hand, we can't let you know the one our own pessimism and the pessimism of others uh, bring us down. You know, I have many people in my own family who tell me that um, these entrepreneurial ventures are going to fail, or that I'm going to end up poor at some point, <laughs> uh, right? And uh, you know, many successful companies, uh, many successful companies today. Uh, they wouldn't exist if uh, if uh, you know people didn't uh, I guess dare to dream right so so you know if you have an idea and you know it's good uh, you know you know figure out what you know what the steps are you know what you need to uh, what what you all the steps you need to achieve to you know reach that goal and you know start systematically systematically just making your way to the completion of that idea. And, you know, of course there are times when, you know, you need to set up maybe a walkaway date or, you know, give up on the idea, but, you know, your parent telling you that, or your parent or your your family member telling you that you're going to fail, you know, that's not, that shouldn't be the, uh, uh, you know, reason that you walk away. Right. You know, so, you know, the devil's advocate can be, you know, worse than me. And, and sometimes, you know, it's someone close to you. And in those times, you know, I, the best advice I can give is you know, maybe not, um, you know, maybe take it, take it with a grain of salt. 
Yeah, you know, I, I've heard that myself in my entrepreneurial ventures. And and for me, I've, I've told people, you know, you shoot for the stars and you end up on the moon, right? <laughs> like, at the very least, you're going to learn a lot in the process. And even if you do fail, the next time you'll learn from those failures so you can be better at it. Right. What do they say in, in the entrepreneurial world? Fail fast and often. Right. And that way, the more you fail, the better off you're going to be. Because a lot of people have startup ambitions. They have entrepreneurial desires, but they never do anything about it. So they never have the opportunity to learn. So it's great that you're, you're doing something and you're learning in the process. All right. My next question for you is, do you have any book recommendations for aspiring entrepreneurs? What books have influenced you and have helped you in your journey? Oh, yeah. Thank you for asking that. So because I've been reading a lot of books <laughs> recently. Um, so I think it's uh, the book's called like Startup Law or Entrepreneur Law, but or I forgot the exact title, but it's by it's a textbook by um, Paul Swagel. Um, and it's so entrepreneurial law is uh, very important for you know, even, you know, even if you're inclined to hire lawyers to do everything, uh, everything for you, I think it's good for uh, entrepreneurs to know because uh, there, well, there are uh, many things to be watch out for. Uh, for example, um, when you do, uh, so, so you need to worry about trademarks, you need to worry about IP, intellectual property, and you also uh, there, there are some legal uh, things you need to worry about when it comes to, uh, yeah, fund, you know, fundraising. Uh, so I was told by one startup lawyer that uh, as soon as you start dealing with other people, be it you know employees, contractors, or investors, you need to uh, you know hire a lawyer right away to make sure that uh, that uh, you know, everything goes smoothly. And also, you need to keep your um, company's uh, company uh, like, I guess. Le- legally clean uh for uh, for times like uh, M- uh mergers and acquisitions uh because uh during mergers and acquisitions uh the uh the, i guess the acquiring company will uh, will hire lawyers to look at all the documents in your company to make sure that uh, um, they aren't uh, buying i guess maybe toxic assets or any legal problem they might so they're not you know inheriting legal problems that your company might have and uh so it's you know, important to um, you know uh, to know these things. You know, a company doesn't want to buy a company that's uh, you know illegally uh, illegally using the patent of another company because they are you know after the acquisition they are you know for example liable to get sued by the uh, you know first company. And uh, you know these are you know many things that as a computer engineering student I would not have known about in the first place. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Joey, is the set entrepreneurs club president at the university of washington tacoma and that's how we met through that entrepreneurs club and you brought in that startup lawyer and she was great she taught us so many things that definitely use in the future i hope to use in the future so my next question here is you've been to a lot of countries you mentioned which one's Uh, your favorite and why uh which one is my favorite um I mean, there's uh, many, <laughs> there's uh, many, uh, I guess, many answers to that for different reasons, for example. Oh, okay. Well, you, so you said Morocco, Kenya. Right? Yeah. Where else? Uh, Luxembourg. 
Uh, Luxembourg is, uh, I think, in the border of uh, you know Belgium and Germany. It's a, it's basically a, uh, it's a one town country or one city country. Oh wow! Uh, so it's uh, basically, uh, you know, if anyone st- studies uh, m- medieval European culture, that's uh, it's a fiefdom, you know. Hmm. So, uh, which is, uh, you know, one, uh, you know, one country, uh, you know, one country and, you know, a long time ago, you know, there'd be a castle in the center and then, you know, a wall around it. And then around, you know, you'd have, uh, I guess, serfs living there. And, you know, so that would be in ancient times, but it's, you know, it is very different now, of course. Yeah. But, you know, you used to have many of these fiefdoms. So, you know, Luxembourg is one of these uh, last remaining fiefdoms and they actually speak uh, three languages there. Uh, German, French, and Luxembourgish, and Luxembourgish is, you know, a combination of uh, French and German. <laughs> what language did you speak while you were there? Uh, I actually learned French because uh, actually I was, you know, born there, so I actually... <laughs> oh, wow. I was, uh, I was placed in uh, a Luxembourgish ner- uh, not, uh, daycare. I didn't know you were born there. For some reason, <laughs> I thought you were born in Japan. Yeah, I, I wasn't born in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you so, live there though, right? Oh, yeah, I, I lived there for about a year, um, but that was oh. three years ago, actually. Oh, really? Okay. I thought you lived there for longer than that for some reason. <laughs> okay, so you didn't answer. Which one's your favorite and why? So I guess in terms of the you know natural bio- biodiversity, and um, one of my favorites would be Kenya. Uh, so my family and I used to go on a lot of these safaris. There used to be parks where you get to feed giraffes, and you'd see a lot of these uh, animals that you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't see here in the United States. And um, you know, it's uh, one of the reasons that uh, I would, you know, I want my company terrestrials to succeed. I see. Um, awesome. And when it comes in, you know, another country that that I would, I guess, may consider my favorite for another reason is uh, Japan because uh, it's uh, it's a source of you know many innovations that you don't see here in the United States. And as a you know entrepreneur, computer engineer, it uh, you know that country excites me. So you know, in essence, you know, there are a lot of countries that that I would you know put on my favorites list for many reasons. I see. Yeah, I'm the same, definitely. And uh, did you learn the language while you were in Kenya at all? The, the Kenyan language, it's or there are so Kenya is it's of course a you know British a former British colony, and uh, so the main language they speak is Swahili, but uh, and because it's a colony, they kind of drew senseless borders around a bunch of tri- you know tribes of different ethnicities, and one thing you'll learn in people were learning in anthropology classes is the longer any species is in one area, the more biodiverse they get. So you have, you know, many people there of very, it's a very, very, you know, diverse country in terms of you have very many people, different ethnicities, different languages. Uh, but the language, the main language that they speak there other than English is uh, called Swahili because it's the language of the most, uh, pop, I guess, uh, populous uh, or populated, or it's the language of the tribe with the highest population. And um, if you've seen Lion King, you actually know, you already know a couple words in uh, Swahili. For so example, um, yeah. Hakuna Matata. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Or, um, so, which also, you know, which as everyone knows means uh, uh, no worries. No worries. And or, <laughs> or the monkey kept saying Asanta Sana, which means, uh, which is a greeting. 
Okay, what about Masapenya Manamichi Mama? I don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll or Simba means lion. What's that? Simba means lion. Oh, okay. That's good. Simba means warthog. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Cool. So I did take Swahili classes while I was at the uh, uh, school there. It's called the International School of Kenya. I think it's a Canadian-owned school. But a lot of uh, like uh, children of ambassadors, you know, coming to that country, and uh, you know, they were all richer than I was, <laughs> but <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. Wow. You, did you say they were richer? Or like uh, when I'm uh, like when I uh, played with them sometimes. They throw a lot of pocket money around. <laughs> you know, I, I had nothing. <laughs> or wow. Or my family's middle class, but they were uh, one of my friends or one of my sister's friends had uh, servants or like butlers. Wow, that's yeah, that's surprising. That's uh, you wouldn't think that, but I guess there like, might be a bigger wealth gap there, right? Or they're uh, they're uh, ch- they're children of uh, you know ambassador like the ambassadors of. Their- country so very po- powerful i guess basically politicians or of course uh, i guess uh civil servants you know um bruce wayne had one butler she had uh 20 <laughs> <laughs> oh wow that's awesome all right so how can we help you out as a community as a community i guess um i guess uh, keep an eye out for um uh, for uh, when we meet, were released uh, terrestrials, and uh, you know when you get uh, and if you guys get a chance, you know check it out. You know it's our first version. We don't have a big uh, uh, you know testing team. So uh, so if you uh, if there's not, if something you don't like about the app, you know please f- or feel free to to email us. You know tell us uh, you know tell tell us what we could change, and we'll see. If we'll do our best. Yeah, that's important to get that feedback loop and reiterate. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And my last question that I have here is how can our listeners reach out to you? They want to get in contact with you. Uh, Check out my LinkedIn. If you search Joseph Casebeer, Casebeer is a very, uh, (laughs) uh, it's a very rare last name. So you'll probably find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. So, and to, I guess uh, just real quickly, uh, Shakespeare is a little bit hard to spell, so it's C A S E B E E R, like case of beer, but without the over or any of the yeah, or any of the spaces. Yeah. Oh yeah. So in the beginning, I had said that you know I was introduced to you as Joey. I met you as Joey, and then you had later said that you wanted to start going by Joseph. So what was the reason for that? Well, Joey is uh, really a. Ch- I guess a child's name. Um, well, you might not really see that when you see uh, friends, but uh, uh, so, and Joseph is written on my birth certificate. So I'd like to, uh, I guess, transition to that mostly because uh, people, that's what people read when they, uh, you know, see me on official documents, like, uh, I don't know, school rosters. Oh yeah. This point is either or. So <laughs> anyone reaching out to me, you can either call, you can either reach out as Joseph or Joey. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah, because I, I often ask, what do your friends call you, right? And if your friends call you Joey, I want to call you Joey because I see you as a friend. So that's it. That's all I have. Thanks for your time.
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I look forward to what you're building and we'll definitely be in touch for sure. Hey, thank you so much for listening in today. If you want more information, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can also find me on Instagram or email me at firstname, lastname at gmail.com. I'm easy to find. Stan Wen. Don't type in first name, last name. All right. Type in S-T-O-N-N-G-U-Y-E-N at gmail.com. I wanted to tell you that you look nice today. I really like the shirt that you're wearing. And I'll see you next time on Small City Startup.